Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 182. And tonight, as usual... We kind of had a plan and then we had to scrap the plan because we're not very good at planning. Yeah, because we had assumed that we had a Welcome to Night Vale episode. In fact, we put off recording for an evening so we would be able to record a recap on the night that it aired. And then there was no episode. Yeah, we're assuming that they're on hiatus. I gotta tell you, though, I'm not finding any notices that they're on hiatus, though. There's just not an episode. Well, also a Google search under Welcome to Night Vale doesn't turn up any distressing news, so they're probably right. just on hiatus. Okay, that's fine. Maybe they said that and we just weren't listening. Okay. You know? <laughs> that also happens. Sometimes we skip the intros of these podcasts. Sorry. Um, so rather than just not have an episode this week, we actually did something we've been talking about doing for a while. No, it's not watching How to Train Your Dragon. That would have been amazing. Uh, no, we listened to the first episode of the Night Vale Presents podcast, Start With This, and it's all about creativity and, I don't know, how to kind of grow as an artist, but specifically it's about writing. Mm-hmm. So that's, they talked a lot about different kinds of art, but what they really, really mean as a writer and things that you hold on to and things that you let go of. And the title of this first episode was called Art is Disposable. And yeah, I think there's a lot to go into because, of course, how do you know when you are getting rid of a piece of writing that you are stagnated on and isn't very good and your time will be better spent working on something new or to know that you need to stick with something until you can make it amazing. I mean, that's probably about 99% of an artwork is knowing when to stop. Yeah, exactly. And they came at the idea from a lot of different ways. Like they're talking about letting things go. One thing they talked about, I liked the analogy, they talked about like comfort foods and we all have our comfort foods. We know the thing that we would eat no matter what. Um, But sometimes it is nice when you realize you can mix it up a little bit. Maybe your body will actually feel a little bit better if you're not eating the same thing over and over again. But the same thing goes for stuff that you consume and that you have this idea in your head that you're not going to like certain things and that it's actually okay to read something or consume something that you don't like because I guess now you have some information that you didn't have before. And Joseph and Jeffrey talked about things that they have let go over the years, like the idea of writing entire novels that they do nothing with, that they just decided, well, this was really terrible, but I'm glad I had the experience of writing it. And that just, right. to me, feels really amazing because writing a novel sounds like such a life-changing experience. Like, but you would waste all of those years if you just threw it away. But yeah, sometimes you have to admit that you've grown as a writer and part of that process is writing bad stuff and then moving on to the better stuff. Yeah, and you and I have experienced this. We've even talked about this. Sometimes we'll be working on like some kind of project. For me, it's like the little daily doodles or whatever, and you're working on it and you're working on it. And you just, you get this realization, you're like, I could spend a lot of time fixing it, but this is not working. And you have to steal yourself. And a lot of times I'll just rip the page in half. And I'm not, it's not that I'm angry. It's just that I have got to do something really dramatic to let go of it and stop working on it and start working on something else. And most of the time, what ends up coming after that ends up being really cool. Yeah, and I did a, a bit of fan art for that old Mighty Orbots cartoon, and I oh, had done yeah. a bunch of it. And I had all these different stages and all these different layers saved in Photoshop. Nathan had to do an upgrade on his computer, and a lot of it was lost. And oh. I was so mad. And I set it aside for at least a couple of years. And then I decided, darn, I don't want to leave this alone. So I started redrawing it. 
and it was better. I had new information. I had new reference picks. I'd probably grown a little bit as an artist, and I wouldn't have gotten that if I hadn't lost all the stuff that I'd done before. Right. And the, speaking of growing as an artist, they talked a lot about that, that any of us, it doesn't matter what you're creating, if it's like writing or drawing or sculpture or you name it, you look back at stuff that you did 10 years ago, and a lot of times you hate it. And the idea is to not judge it. I mean, it means that you're looking at something you created back then and you don't like it anymore. It probably means that you're growing as an artist and that's never a bad thing. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make the art bad and it doesn't make you bad. It just means, you know, you've moved on. Sometimes that actually does mean like looking at it and realizing that it's bad. I liked how they said that the only truly, truly bad art is art that harms people. And so it's good to kind of look at it in that terms. It's like, Am I not liking it because it's not good? Or is this something that at the time I thought was good, but it's actually not great? I mean, art just friggin' changes. It moves on, which is why we should probably stop doing all these reboots of the same movies over and over again. Yes, please. Although they did talk about the idea of how freeing it was to realize that when you're reading something, um, yes. to know that wow, you know what? This isn't working for me and I don't have to finish the entire book. And I've, yes. I had to start doing that with series first because there were yeah. times when I would start the first book in a series and by God, I was going to read the entire thing even though it was painful. But you know, it's not that what you're reading was bad. It just, it didn't work for you and it's not adding anything to your life, basically, to keep reading it. And there's so much other stuff out there that's crying out to be read. Yeah, what is that? I mean, that's a thing that I... I don't know, I kind of thought that it was a thing that I was doing, and then I keep hearing it over and over from people, this idea that when you start reading a book, you have to finish it. And just... I don't, the number of terrible books that I read, just because I got 30 or 40 pages into it, and I'm like, well, I guess I have to finish it now. And I'm like, who set that rule? I, you know, why did we think that was a thing? Some innate fairness that you can't actually judge the book until you've finished reading it. And I think that's true. I think it would probably be really bad to like go around and blast the book and say that it's really awful when you haven't even read more than 30 pages. But nothing says you have to read the whole thing if you don't exactly. like it. Yeah, I, I liked all that. That was cool. And I wanted to ask you, they, they made this comment a few times. They talk about when it comes to art and things that you create. They said, don't be precious. And that was relating directly back to this whole idea of art being disposable. Does that mean just like, don't look at this thing that you've created and be like, it is my creation. I have given it life and therefore I must treat it as the most important thing in the world. Is that what it means by like making it precious? I kind of think about some of the people that I've run into on DeviantArt who will not take criticism for anything oh, because yeah. by God, it's their art and their art is special and you don't get to judge. And that's the sort of yeah. thing if you're not going to allow any kind of critique, any kind of chance for improvement, any kind of idea that maybe this isn't working and you need to leave it behind, that's probably when you're treating it as a little too precious. Yeah, I, boy, and I'm not saying that anybody is going to enjoy getting feedback. I mean, to this day, if somebody tells me that I have done something incorrectly and here's how I can do it better, it is still so hard to hear. But it is nice to know that I have concrete examples in my mind of when they were right. I mean, I remember working on an ad at work and having to run it past my boss. And she's like, oh, I see what you're doing, but uh, you need to take out this, this, that, and the other and do this. And I stomp back to my desk. I'm like, I can't believe it. And I looked at it when I was done. I'm like, oh, crap. 
crap, it is better. (laughs) You get too close to stuff sometimes and you just, you have to somehow find whatever you can do to let go. I'm still, I still struggle with it to this day. It is so hard. And I I liked what you said when you were talking about when you were showing off your art when you were in art school. Oh, yes. When you bring your artwork in front of everybody and what you're actually thinking is, tell me how much you love it. Which, let me tell you, in art school, you learn fast that that is not the sort of feedback you're going to get by design. I mean, if you cannot bear the critique of your fellow classmates, you're not going to make it as an artist. You just aren't. Nope, nope, nope. They also talked about having ideas saved. I, I got the idea. I can't remember which one one of them would never really go back to scraps of stories that they'd saved. They just kind of put it away and they never, it was, they kind of put them away just to put them someplace, but they never really went back to them. And the other one would go back to old scraps and ideas to try and mine them for something good. Do you have, do you have a collection of like short stories that you started or phrases that you thought were cool? Probably. I have like snippets of fan art, like, Okay, now here's something. Stephen King, oh boy, and when they talk about how um, you have artists or writers that don't want their unpublished stuff ever published, can you imagine how much unpublished stuff Stephen King oh, has? But yeah, oh my God, he yeah. talked um, in the foreword for one of his short story collections about the handle and the cup. And it's that you will find a section of a story, like a story to tell that is amazing, but you don't have like the hook to make it interesting to draw the reader in. Or you have a hook, something kind of fascinating that would really catch somebody's attention, but you don't have a story to go around it. He saves all those things. He will save the cup until one day he will suddenly stumble across the handle or vice versa. So I think that is the sort of thing that I've got, like, I think I have a whole bunch of handles knocking around. I'm not sure I have too many cups waiting to be uh, uh, fleshed out. No, you're absolutely right. I just recently ran across a bunch of phrases that I had saved, just things that had occurred to me. Um, But I don't want to, sometimes it doesn't work well to have like this cool thing and then warp a story around it. You know, I worry sometimes it's like, because that the what is it, um, Mrs. Peregrine's something for wayward children or special children or whatever. They made a movie of it recently. And a guy finds a bunch of photos in various places, weird old-timey photos, and he wrote a story around it. But to me, it feels like that's what it was. I'm like, oh, I can see how you just bent this whole story to get around this really weird picture that you found. And I'm not sure it always works. It's it's gimmicky. And I think that's probably another thing that you learn as a writer. You know, when is this a fascinating concept that you can turn an entire world out of it? When is it a gimmick? Yeah. And the other thing I hear a lot of times they didn't talk about this on this podcast, but you know people have got to ask them every once in a while, like, how do you go about making a world-famous podcast? I have talked to people personally who are like, I I want to create a podcast, and I just want to be able to give it to everybody and make this amazing thing. Do you have any ideas? No, but I just want to, you know, the, the drive to be successful is coming before the idea, and I think sometimes I guess you have to let go of that because, you know, I'm, I can almost guarantee that the guys who made Limetown and who made Night Vale and everything, they just had this story that they wanted to tell. I don't think any of them went into it going, this is going to be the most amazing thing ever. We're going to do a world tour with it. You know, it's it's kind of, that almost seems like cart before the horse type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the difference between wanting to be a writer as opposed to wanting to write. You know, when you, I, yeah. you read anything by writers talking about the fact that, you know, this is how you get good at writing. You write. And, and a lot of times it's because 
you just that's the thing that makes you happy is sitting down and writing stuff. Yeah. But I've, you know, I think it goes with any art. I remember hearing at one point from a graphic designer talking about how frustrating it is to like look at the work that you're putting out and just feel like it just doesn't measure up like there's always something wanting and it's actually okay because it means that your tastes have slightly outstripped your abilities but that's a good thing because if you're looking at everything you do and you're like oh it's perfect well you're not growing anymore so I think that's probably the key as well and they talked a lot about just write and then throw it away you know just write just to write stuff down you'll never truly lose anything that you wrote it'll be in your brain at some point but you have to get good at this idea of just produce it, get it out there, and then move on from it. Don't think that everything that you have to create has to be perfect as long as you're willing to let go of the things that aren't perfect. Which brings us to the two assignments at the end of this podcast. Now, the first yeah. one, so for every one of these podcasts, there's an assignment to consume something and then an assignment to create something. Now, the consume is something I'm just have to see if I can actually do this because it's there's a, a podcast. It's called Indie Feed Performance Podcast. Indie Feed Performance Poetry Podcast. Poetry Podcast, right? Yeah, and he wants us to listen to at least twenty episodes of this. Now, yeah. apparently, this podcast isn't being made anymore, but all the episodes are still out there, and there are hundreds of episodes. So I'm going to assume they're not long. He did say, you know, some of the poems are only like five minutes long, or probably even less. I suppose. So I'm, I'm assuming they're all short. I don't know. I mean, if it's all like 20 hour long podcasts, maybe, maybe I'll do some and see how I like it. But um, yeah, he said that it's okay to listen to stuff and not like it. If you kind of like maybe look at, well, why don't you like it? And then you learn something. So, but he said there's all, I don't know, beatnik sort of style poetry and jazz poetry and cowboy poetry, you know, and just all sorts of interesting stuff in the performance poetry podcast. Um, so yeah, it seems like a pretty good assignment. So the crate one is more interesting. Okay, uh, it is to write a story. It's got to be 200 and 250 words. Uh, and it's about a wedding reception it can be absolutely anything you want to do. But once you're done with it, you have to throw it away. Yeah. So you're going to have to take our word for it that we actually do this one, which I think I'll do. I think it is kind of freeing the idea of writing something and knowing that nobody's ever going to see it. I mean, isn't that that is kind of cool. And then by throwing it away, and getting rid of it absolutely completely, I mean, if it ends up sticking in your brain and you want to rewrite it someday, that's fine too. But it's kind of, it's really, it's neat to think about that you're going to write something and no one will ever see it. Yep. And then the very next part of that create is then to write another story about a bird. Mm -hmm. Still 200 to 250 words and that they want people to record and share. So I don't know, maybe we're going to have an episode of the podcast coming up at some point and we're just going to read our stories aloud. Could be. I'm interested to see how long 200 to 200 50 words is not being a writer I really have no grasp of length I mean I already have enough trouble with the difference between a novelette and a novella well I'll tell you I actually I've written a smattering of fan fiction we talked about this on the fan fiction podcast but I think we might have even talked about that episode that a drabble is a hundred words it's not long it's like maybe three good paragraphs you know like maybe four good paragraphs so 200 words it's Less than a chapter of a decent novel, I would say. So not long. Mm -hmm. I've, I've already got some ideas, actually. Very nice. Cool. So that's going to wrap us up for the week. Wanted to make it a short episode this week because we've got stuff we have to do. Um, make sure to check out PixLadyGeek.com for all the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the movie reviews, the photo galleries. Um, speaking of comic book reviews, 
you need to read The Wicked and the Divine. I'm going to bring the graphic novel with me when I see you in a couple weeks. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for reminding me, because I need to bring all of my issues of Terry Moore's Motor Girl, which I know you wanted to read. Yeah, that's cool. Anytime we meet up, there's usually a swapping of comic books and graphic novels, so that's always fun. But um, anyway, yeah, all that and more, pixeladygeek.com. I guess we're not going to have an Ivel episode next week, I suppose. Maybe not. Um, we might have a little on-the-road episode uh, while both of us are in Florida briefly for, I think, less than 24 hours together. So, yeah, exactly. plenty of time to record a podcast. Yeah, I'm sure we'll think of something. It'll be fine. But anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. all the things to do and I'm going to see if I can do that better.